All right, welcome back, listeners, to Get Inspired and Innovate. We've got an exciting episode for you today. Uh, we're going to talk about being able to pivot on the fly. In the classroom, there's so many different things that, that come our way, um, and, you know, there's uh, fire, fire alarms that go off and activities that come up that's unexpected, and we have to change our lesson plans and our lesson designs uh, and be able to pivot. And then we also have to be able to look at data and uh, be able to pivot there on the fly too. Uh, so I think today's episode will be great for all of us. So Stephanie, have you ever had to uh, encounter something like that to where you just thought your lesson was going great, that the content was, was awesome and the kids just didn't get it? Yeah, I think this happens to every single teacher. Um, so this has even happened to me when I've given a PD. You can just tell like, oh, they don't understand step one, which was log into Google. Like I need to go all the way back to that step um, to talk about that step important and how to explain it to them. Because there's sometimes where I think they should know or have prior knowledge to something and they don't. And so just knowing your audience and being able to look at their face or looking at formative assessment data, kind of like you talked about earlier, is so important. I mean, so many times when I was teaching, if you would have waited until that summative assessment, which I did my first year of teaching a lot of times, you would have realized students didn't get it. But using that formative data um, constantly in every single class period, you're able to say, okay, they did not understand this part of that equation. I need to go back and teach that step. So that is huge for me. Um, you've got to be able to use failure and learn from your mistakes. And I've heard, you know, some teachers, they want to blame the students, but if a majority of your students are getting it, that's on you. So Lance, yeah. how have you failed? Well, it's funny you said that. I was actually, uh, I, I was actually sitting with a teacher today and helping her fix a few things. Uh, and she was grading midterms. And I started seeing the grades in the midterms. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's, that's not good. There was probably a third of the kids failing the midterm. Uh, and, and she's like, yeah, it's a hard test. I'm like, that's, that's not good. There, there's, there's something going on here that we need to, to need to talk about so that, you know, a third of your kids aren't failing. Uh, and I don't think she got it at first. So I'm probably going to have to go back and revisit with her and, and maybe work on some strategies so that she can see maybe maybe it's not the students. Maybe I need to teach this in a different way um, so that they might get it or maybe need to use a different resource. Uh, most teachers, I would say, probably learn similarly uh, because school worked for us. But what about those kids that school doesn't work for? How are we going to reach those kids? Uh, and it puts us kind of at an uncomfortable spot because that wasn't the way we learned. But we got to find a way to teach those guys. And I think that's important because we have to be able to, as you said, Stephanie, see when we are failing, see when something's not going to work. And we got to have a plan B, a plan C, a plan D, all these resources that are, you know, there in line with us. And that's why I love, um, I love HyperDocs and making playlists so students can actually, you know, pick what they want to do. And, you know, if plan A didn't work for them, maybe they can go with plan B, plan C, and, and having those things. And I also love, um, you know, Google Forms now. Uh, and, and we use Canvas in our district, and I love the question bank features in Canvas because I can have 250 questions per standard uh, for the math curriculum that I'm using. And if kids, you know, didn't pass the math test the next time, I can give them a Khan Academy video or I can go work with them one-on-one -on -one 
And then I can click a button and literally there's a new generated test for them that they can work through again to show mastery on that. So being able to pivot on the fly, I feel like it's very important for us as teachers and as us as uh, leaders in the classroom and in technology. Yeah, there's two things I wanted to highlight that you said. Um, one thing that we kind of do, like if a teacher is just looking at data, we have a lot of common assessments. So teachers have to give that same exam. And so having that person, um, that PLN, that learning, you know, where you're getting in a community can really help because you're then reflecting on what you're doing in your classroom and what others are doing. Um, that's why I think Twitter is huge for tech coaches because sometimes you are lonely in your district. And so having that community can really help to get ideas and to talk about those failures that you're having and reach out to others. Another thing that I really wanted to do was my first year of teaching, I was taking a lot of papers home grading. My second year, it wasn't working. So why was I wasting that time at home? And I was spending, you know, amount of time just grading papers when I should have been grading on the fly in front of the student or having the technology do that for me and then conferencing with those kids. Because I was able to conference with kids, I was seeing humongous, like, the growth that I was seeing the kids have was insane. Um, so I think that's important. Instead of taking it home, conference with them individually or small group and talk about what errors you're seeing as you're grading those papers right in front of them. Yeah, and you know, back in 2009, I was, I was teaching in an inner city school. Uh, I was teaching uh, Algebra One uh, to uh, some, some SPED students. Uh, and, and, you know, I would teach my heart out all day and I'd send them home with some homework or some practice problems to work on. And they come back and inevitably they didn't do it. Uh, and I was getting frustrated. Uh, I was thinking, well, why, you know, why aren't they doing it? Well, I found out, you know, maybe they didn't have mom and dad at home and they had to take care of their brothers and sisters or, you know, I was also the football coach and I would take some kids home and every now and then I get there and mom got arrested that night. Uh, you know, so situations were going on and I'm like, we've got to do something uh, so that these kids can get this. So in 2009, I started flipping my classroom uh, just right, right there on the fly because I saw that the kids weren't getting the content. The parents couldn't help them at home, but they all had these little iPods that we could put videos on and they would go home and they thought it was the greatest thing to watch Coach Key to do a video at home. They would take notes over it and then we were able to work in class together on the practice problems with me, I guess what you would call the expert of, of math, and I, I could help them with their needs where their parents couldn't, even if they were at home. So that was the time that I had to pivot right there on the fly, and I just started making videos. They were terrible to start with, not going to lie. But uh, I've been flipping my class now for, for 10 years and had some, some pretty good success with it because of that, that one change I was willing to make. Yeah, I think, I mean, we could talk on and on about failures, but I think it's time to bring on our expert and guest of failing. All right. So uh, we have uh, Louise Portez with us. Uh, he is from the New York class of 2019. He's been in the classroom teaching in education over 20 years, uh, and English is not his first language. Uh, I think it is Espanol. And if I try to talk some Espanol today, he, he's probably going to make fun of me, but that's okay. Uh, I got a little Southern twang to mine. But Luis, welcome to the show today. Talk to us uh, about your project and how things are going. Hi, Lance. Hi, Stephanie. It's so much fun to be here with you guys. Um, my project, whoa. Well, my project's been through the ringer. Um, originally, the problem I proposed to the academy was... Uh, I wanted to deal with lesson plans and how lesson plans are a pain in the behind 
for everybody involved. Uh, it could be either for the teachers who have to submit lesson plans and have to comply with all the paperwork, as well as for the admin staff who have to uh, actually look through the lesson plans if they do, and then you know try and see what's going on and if whatever the teacher is doing complies to the school standards. And if they want to do walkthroughs or whatever, they also have to sort of know what's going on. And uh, that was basically my issue. And partly because I have issues with lesson plans. Um, and I'm one of those teachers that always hands them in late because it's one thing what I want to do and the other thing is what really, really happens in the classroom. And then um, that's sort of the issue that bugged me the most in that moment. So the academy came and went and it's three days of insanity and lots of things change and your mind gets shifted into overdrive. And um, after I came back and I started talking to my people and to other people around the nation, around the nation and around Latin America, I was trying to get like insight on what the issues were for lesson plans from other people. And um, what really, really started bugging me was that people, especially in Latin America, hardly anybody was willing to talk to me about like their procedures and stuff because apparently it's a cultural thing that it's proprietary and that people didn't really want to share. And that started bugging me even more because um, I was now part of this wonderful group of what I call like-minded wackos. We're all like the same brand of crazy and uh, we get along very well, even though, uh, and Steph will tell you, uh, we haven't really met in person, but when we meet in person, it's loud, it's noisy, and we have a lot of fun. Because apparently that's like-minded wackiness is something that we all share. It's like, apparently it's like one of those things they look into when they're deciding who gets into the academy and who doesn't. Um, and, you know, it's like that little bit of crazy really helps get things along. And um, uh, I had the opportunity, I was invited to a meetup of New York ed tech teachers where they met in the 43rd floor of a hotel in a beautiful bar that was it was sunset and it overlooked the city and you can imagine the views and it was beautiful. And they were just there to have a few beers, have a few drinks and share stories and share their experience. And they, it was a really awesome time. And it's something that I rarely see amongst, I, I don't see it amongst my own staff, much less staff from different schools. And I really, really think that having a good teaching community to share ideas, to share experience, to share tools, to share whatever is really something that is needed more so than whatever I was planning on doing with lesson plans. So then uh, apparently uh, I took my fail bell, I started ringing it like crazy and I decided I was gonna really, really pivot into building teacher community. And uh, I started building on the slow chat that I'd been building before we got announced for New York, which was, uh, it started the day after everybody submitted their application and it ended the day after that the cohort was announced. And, you know, it was a whole, we had, at, at one point we had upwards of 100 people just discussing their experience with uh, uh, signing up for the for for the Innovator Academy and how they did and how they were dealing with not getting accepted and a whole lot of interesting stuff and we were like a big support group of people spread all around the world. And then 
um, I went and I started talking to other tech luminaries, so to speak. And uh, I talked to Jen Lieben and, and she was really nice. And we were talking about uh, her issues with failure because she had put up a pod, one of her video casts was about failure and failing and all of that. And then uh, we got online and we spoke for a while. And then she pointed me to somebody else that could have helped me with how to get teachers to communicate. And I wound up talking to him about the same thing. And eventually what wound up is why he told me, why don't you take your original project and build in some community on it? Like, don't just think of lesson plans, but think about being able to share the lesson plans and being able to, you know, like build a community around uh, ideas on what you do. So that's another pivot point. So I, I started like making like uh, mock-ups of what that was going to look like. And now I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm honestly really like in the midst of, I don't know exactly what I'm doing. So, and I just got my mentor uh, for, for, the, for, for my year of development of my project. My mentor was announced last week. And I'm really happy because it's a good friend of mine who lives not very far away. And we start talking again. And he also has the same issues that I have with community building. So um, right now, my project is on a seesaw. And it goes one way and the other. And it's according to where the breeze goes. So I'm really learning to embrace failure and uh, having fun with it all the time. You, you know, but as you're talking about it, and I, I know that they probably did this with you at the Innovator Academy of where you took all of your ideas, you know, whether it was good, bad, uh, and, and just kind of threw it on the wall and then saw what stuck. And then, and then you ran with, ran with the one that, that, that kind of stuck. So, uh, you know, I, I think if you keep throwing all these ideas out, you're going to find eventually the, the thing that you're passionate about and you think that's going to help people. Uh, and I will say, I don't know about Stephanie. She can, she's probably different than me, but lesson plans have never helped me. Uh, it, it's just something that has been a pain in my side, uh, that you had to do. And Luis, I was like you, I was always late getting them in. And after I turned them in, I never looked at them again. Now, Stephanie, on the other hand, with her type A personality, I'm sure that she just loves lesson plans. Uh I do and I don't. I would say my first year teaching, I wrote out everything that I was to do that week. Um, but then as I got more familiar with the curriculum and more comfortable with what I was teaching, I didn't. So, I mean, that's just teaching though. I mean, we weren't required to submit lesson plans um, to our admin. So that was kind of nice, but I know districts that have to submit them to their administration and that is probably a pain to have to do. Um, so I don't know. I, but the kids, they, that's the kind of the focus. And so they need to be able to have you kind of on the fly change if you need to. And a lesson plan doesn't always allow that. Right. I had one glorious year where I didn't have to plan. And I enjoyed it so, so much because all I was expected of me was, you know, I pop into different classes and I say, look, you're doing such and such in math. So let's, see what tools I can give you guys so that you can uh, do whatever it is that you're doing in math better or easier or with less work. Um, I'm a huge proponent of all this technology is invented so that we as a whole are lazier in a good sense in the way that we do more with less work. 
because said, look, power steering wasn't invented by some health freak that wanted to grow big arms. It was invented for people who wanted to do stuff easier. And the same thing, we have all these tools and the idea is to use them correctly. And then uh, I've been trying to align our school tech standards to ISTE standards and to others, and then trying to uh, educate my teachers so that they, even though they're not like the best teachers in the world at using certain tools, but that they learn to recognize how much work goes into what they expect their students to do. And they, they value that as their technology component in their grade or whatever, which, which is something that I'm really working on, but it's been hard. Yeah, and there was a couple of things that you mentioned earlier that I kind of wanted to bring up again. Um, I loved how you kind of thought you were going to go one direction with the lesson planning, but after you started talking to other users and different people, it was like, oh, no, we need to talk about collaboration. Um, which is so huge because for me, when I was going to the academy, I kind of had like my problem already solved. I know you weren't supposed to because uh, a lot of people get, you know, disqualified in their video if they solve their problem. But knowing my personality, I was like, I'm going to do this. It's going to look like this. You get to the academy and they are like, focus on your user. And I was like, but my user doesn't need what I already have pictured in my mind. And so you really had to go back to that user and that point of view and kind of make adjustments based on what they need. And that was hard for me to do um, just because of my personality. And I'm so like, oh, no, I already got it figured out. But then they're like, no, keep interviewing this person and figure out what they exactly need. I don't know if any of you struggled with that as much as I did. I had, I had issues with um, the first time I applied for Academy, I hinted at how I was going to solve it. I didn't hint at the solution, but I hinted at how I was going to solve it. And that shot me down horribly. And I found out that that's uh, uh, later I found out through uh, weird means that that was the point that had been driven against me so that I didn't get in. Um, and then the next time I was made really, really sure that I just stated a problem and didn't even hint as to that there was even computers that could help. I mean, like the furthest away I could get. Um, I did do the whole interview the user thing and it really helped, especially when I interviewed the counterpart, not the teacher, because as a teacher, I've been dealing with lesson plans since forever. But as the admin staff, um, one thing is what they're supposed to be doing and you know that what they think they're doing and what they do in real life normally are two completely different things. So, uh, for example, uh, they're expected to do walkthroughs of every teacher every so often. And what ends up happening is that like the last day of the term, oh no, I haven't observed so and so and so. So he drops in for like five seconds at a time. Says, so look, yeah, he's there. He's doing class. And it sort of looks like what I remember maybe have seen in a lesson plan sometime. And and then that's what gave me the idea of having like a system that would have like the information at a glance for either of the parties. And then came the thing with when I started dealing with teachers and then um, we started doing all those uh, drills, those rapid drills at the academy. And then one of the drills, uh, they brought in some people from Google who work for Google for Education and they develop different products and they help develop classroom and all that. And we had the opportunity to sit down and talk with either of them just to see what they thought. And the guy just sat down and he took apart everything that I had in my mind. 
and I had to like retool from the beginning and it was horrible. It was very good, but it was horrible. So we are going to go on to the meme and quote section. What meme or quote did you bring, Luis? Oh, I brought, um, there's a nice little meme. There's two parts to it. And the first part up at top, there's Rex from Toy Story 1 or 2 or 3. I don't know which one. And he's saying and says on top of it, this is me walking into school every day, wanting to be a better person. And in the bottom part, there's a Tyrannosaurus Rex from Jurassic Park. Like, and you can, you can listen to its scream in your mind. And then it says, me, two hours later, wanting to kill everyone in school. Which <laughs> identifies me to a point. Not as mean, but, you know, just wanting to kill everyone sometimes. <laughs> when everything goes wrong. <laughs> and I could have guessed that movie. I just wanted our audience to know that. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you got that got that one. <laughs> yeah, but this next one, I don't know. Um, so mine says epic fail, try again. And I just feel like every time you fail, you do kind of like, oh, why did I have to fail? But you really do learn from it. So just keep trying and just keep going for it. Yeah, and I've got John C. Maxwell here, which this guy's great on leadership. Uh, I've been reading him since the 90s. It says the difference between average people and achieving people is their perspective of and response to failure. So we're all going to fail. It's going to happen. So be prepared for it and respond to it positively. And, and that's going to help us all. And then our final section is something that we can use in the classroom tomorrow that we learned recently. So, Luis? Uh, the import range function in Google Sheets. It is the best rip function ever. It allows you to import whole ranges from other sheets into your sheet, and they're linked. So whatever is in that other sheet is live when you import it, and it allows you to import information from one place to another without having to copy and paste. So whenever it changes in the other side, it's, it's live in yours. It's the best formula ever. That's cool. Um, so mine is Pinterest. Um, I know like a lot of students and teachers like to use Pinterest. So this is a template and it's just a Pinterest template that students could kind of show their knowledge, um, which I thought was really cool that, and it has like a bunch of different layouts. And Lance? Oh. All right, so I have a uh, TikTok template here that I found on Matt Miller's website uh, the other day. And our kids, at least here in my district, are going crazy over TikTok. Uh, so this is a little template that they can use to, to create their little TikTok things for the classroom. So I thought that it could be useful for everybody. All right, thank you so much for listening to Get Inspired and Innovate. Again, if you would like to check out the show notes, they are on the website. So make sure you get them there for any of these resources. Louise, how can people connect with you? Oh, they can follow me on Twitter. It's probably easier if they just look at the show notes, but it's P-E-R-T-U-Z-L-U-I-S-F-E-R at Twitter. And I tweet mostly in English, sometimes in Spanish. You'll see. There's Google Translate if you yeah. need it. All right, so thank you so much for listening. We look forward to talking to you guys next time. Bye.